Today on episode number 141 of the Marketing Musician Podcast, we're going to hear a snippet from the book, Get Your Band Out of the Basement and Keep Them Out of the Asylum. We've got an interview with Jim Federoff from The Quiltcaster, and I'm going to talk about how Dave passed his audition. It might seem like a lot to me, it happened today, but give it all you got, and you just might find your way. Just make the music, and you can choose to tell the world just you're listening to the marketing musician podcast at marketingmusician.com all right, hello, you marketing maniacs. It is I, your smiling host, Jammin' Dave Jackson, author of the book, Get Your Band Out of the Basement and Keep Them Out of the Asylum. You'll be listening to that in just a uh, short while. Our uh, website is marketingmusician.com. You can email me, dave at marketingmusician.com. You can call in your comments, 888-563-3228, or use the voicemail button out at our website. If you're new to the podcast, this is where we talk about basically all things running your band from getting more fans, getting more gigs, getting better musicians in your band at all points in between. I'm so glad that you've joined us and I've really got good news today. We're going to start off with, uh, we're going to talk about my audition. The, uh, the Marketing Musician podcast kind of has been sputtering along the uh, last few months uh, back in the day. If you're new to the show, this used to be called the Musician's Cooler, except nobody understood what the heck a Musician's Cooler was, so I changed the name. And uh, in the process, I uh, quit the band I was in and have been bandless for quite some time. And uh, my wife found this band, and um, the uh, they, they seem to play music that I want to play. They definitely seem talented, and so the point was going to be, can I hang with these guys? Now, I'm going to tell you something here that um, one of the coolest things I've done, I've, this is the first time I've done this, is originally I was going to do the whole go over to their you know practice place and audition on a Tuesday. And luckily, they, uh, they said, hey, that's not going to work for us, but we have a gig this weekend. If you'd like, you can come out and play a song or two with us. I would start recommending people to do that. And here's why. This is this is a, a great idea for this. Number one, it's one thing to play in the basement. But this allowed me to show people how I interact with an audience. I'm not just a, a I don't know, a, a, a statue on stage. I, I move around a bit. And um, so it, it allowed them to see what I do. And also let me see, number one, did they draw a crowd, which they kind of did. It let me see what kind of gear they have, which was cool. I didn't have to bring my gear. I just brought my guitar. And let me see how good they are. You know, are they ear-bleeding madness? I, I once actually joined a band for about a week until I saw them play. And they were one of these, hey, man, if it's too loud, you're too old. And I'm like, look, I am old, and I've got to save what hearing I have left. And they had, you know, smoke machines. And it was like they thought they were kissed. And I'm like, you do realize you're playing Casey's Pub. Right. This isn't like, you know, whatever the uh, the giant basketball stadium. Right. So they they seemed really cool. And here's the cool thing about this band. They uh, they were very honest and they said, look, here's the deal. We're going to say this right up front. Our our uh, our singer 
and our drummer occasionally bicker. You know, we're not perfect, but in the end, it's all about, you know, sounding good, connecting with the audience. Um, they said how much they like to get paid. They want to gig X amount of times a month. Here's the music we play. And I was like, all right, cool. And I also then got to see how they acted and more importantly, how much, if any, substances were consumed. And I'm now going in heads up because um, in some cases there was a fair amount of Jaeger Meister being consumed that kind of had me going, eh, red flag. But we'll see. At least I know what I'm getting into. I myself, I'm weird. I, I get off by playing music. I don't need any additional substances to enhance that performance of mine. So I, I get a little weary. Plus, I was married to an alcoholic. So I get a little, eh, when I get around people who consume mass quantities of uh, Jaeger, basically. But at least I got to see them. And so in the end, the other thing I did then also is I told, I, I brought my wife with me. And if I would have thinking about it, I would have told my friends, hey, I'm going to go play a few songs with this band if you want to come see me so that they see that not only did I see that they brought in a crowd, but they saw that I will bring in more of a crowd. So that was something that my wife came with me and she kind of bonded with the drummer sister and they were up on the dance floor. So it was not only again, Hey, uh, is this guy have talent? Is he good? But Hey, his wife gets people on the dance floor. So if you have that opportunity, if you're auditioning for somebody, ask them, do you have a gig? Can I come just play a song or two? In, in front of you. Plus, I, I was able to send them to a YouTube clip I have of uh, Jam and Dave Jackson plays Texas Flood on YouTube. Look for it. And, uh, you know, they, they knew I had some chops, so they weren't worried about me playing in front of people. So I'm actually back in a band. And the interesting thing is, are you ready for this? I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I'm not going to give out their band website now because you ready for this. All it does is point at their Facebook page. <laughs> yeah, that's what I said. You got to be kidding me. Really? You guys don't have an email list. You don't have a schedule. You don't really. Oh my God. I'm like, okay, well, so my, my thing now is my worries. How do I go into this band without just going, all right, I'm here. I'm taking over because your marketing sucks. Right. Uh, So I'm going to have to slowly inch my way in, earn their trust, you know, and then say, okay, first things first, we need our own website. Let me show you WordPress. And if you want to build your own website, Go out to marketingmusician.com. You can learn how to be your own band's webmaster. Make a pretty cool-looking website with music on it. You can sell CDs. You can put your schedule that automatically updates itself, by the way. All sorts of cool stuff. Go out to marketingmusician.com, and you can learn to be your own band's website. And the cool thing about it is the course isn't that expensive. And instead of paying $30 and $40 for your website, you can pay 7 because you're using free software like WordPress. So... That's how to pass an audition, uh, number one. And the other thing I also should say, the other reason why I passed the audition is I learned the songs. I was prepared. I showed up early. I uh, got in tune. I was uh, very open to any suggestions they had. And um, in the end, I got the gig. I got the call yesterday. And I will be definitely having some cool stuff because the lead singer runs sound with an iPad. And I've got to find out what kind of technology is. Because what's really cool is it's wireless. So he can actually go out front and adjust volume levels. So I will definitely be cluing you in on that. And then he uses his iPad for lyrics. 
uh, as well. So we'll be talking about that in the future as well. Hi, I'm your host, Jim Federoff, and welcome to the Quillcaster Podcast, a new podcast devoted to the art of music crowdsourcing, custom musical gear, and niche music marketing. Well, we're up to number five. It's been quite an exciting journey so far. And on this new podcast, we've had luthiers, studio engineers, music authors, and rock musicians. And all of them have had a special and custom relationship with music. You know, I think what I enjoy most about this podcast is we get a deeper understanding of artists' passions, their stories, their words of encouragement, and their wisdom that help push us past our own creative roadblocks and challenges to make something really unique and one of a kind. All right, next up, I want to uh, play. This is an interview. I met uh, Jim at uh, the New Media Expo out in Vegas, and uh, Jim is a uh, a guitar player. He's a podcaster and uh, generally a really nice, just unbelievably cool dude. And uh, he's been a, a longtime listener of uh, going back to the musician Cooler Days, and uh, listen to some of my other podcasts and uh, just a super nice guy. And so I was able to interview him. If you are into custom musical instruments, I definitely recommend that you check out quiltcaster.com. Here is uh, my interview with Jim. I am here in a back room at the New Media Expo with uh, one, the only Jim Federoff of the Quiltcast. Hello, and, Dave uh, Jackson. Yeah, and uh, I just being that is uh, that uh, you're talking to musicians, um, I thought, hey, let's get him on the show to promote your podcast. Sure. So, thank you. T- tell me about your podcast and what it's who who should listen. What you're talking about there, and I got to hear about the gas can. Thing. The gas can guitar. Yes, you bet. Yeah, my name is Jim Federoff, and I have a podcast called Quiltcaster.com. That's his quilt, as in the quilt. Caster, as in Telecaster, Stratocaster, etc. dot com, and uh, what that is about is focusing on custom guitars, people that make custom guitars, and the musicians behind them, their stories, and why they play them on stage. Uh, what's interesting about those custom guitars, and also we do kind of talk about maybe some studio engineering, uh, some luthiers. Things like that. It's uh, it's a new podcast, and already we have a couple of great uh, musicians on there. One of them is uh, State Radio, Chad Stokes, who actually has a gas can guitar that he plays on stage. Phenomenal band. Uh, amazing funk, uh, reggae-type rock band. And uh, actually, Chad Stokes used to play with Dispatch, so it's a pretty... He's an excellent musician, and that band is phenomenal. Well, he plays his gas can guitar, which is legitimately like gas can, and with some pickups in it. And uh, it's become quite famous on stage. And so I interviewed him with that. And he also has a tons of other interesting things about his band that's fascinating to hear about. It has nothing to do with music. It has more like community building and things like that. Cool. Yeah, it's really neat. And then I recently interviewed another gentleman, um, another musician. His name is uh, Johnny Fritz. And Johnny... Uh, has a guitar that is a hand tool leather guitar that he did it himself. So he learned how to do uh, leather hand tooling and actually placed it on the guitar as well as made himself kind of like a rifle case uh, out of 
leather and also uh, sheepskin and he can shove that guitar directly inside of that thing and keep it nice and safe and sound. Um, Johnny is quite an interesting guy. That was a very fun interview and uh, he's kind of a country musician. Um, he's got some crazy stories as well. He actually toured around the country with that guitar on a motorcycle. So that was kind of interesting, and he's got a lot of cool stories about that. Um, but the general idea is what we like to do is we like to find those musicians and luthiers that are building really unique instruments, really customized, mm-hmm. bizarre, off-the-wall instruments, if you will, and feature them on the podcast because we know there's a reason why they built those crazy instruments, right. and the stories are so much more so interesting. So it's not just the instrument. It's the story yeah, behind yeah. the instrument. It is. What I do is actually I use the instrument as a, um, a segue into the, the more of the musician mm-hmm. and more about the story about them because it's usually why it's so interesting. All right, behind the scenes, we've moved to the hallway since the help was, uh, I don't know, uh, who knows what they were doing in there. but They were setting up the tables. That was it. Doing, Dave. Yeah. yeah. And uh, so you were talking about some of the great people that were uh, on your podcast. Yeah. Let's explain... Yes. What the, let's explain the name, Quiltcaster. Quiltcaster, yes. It's, a, it's an interesting uh, name. Um, it's not very rock and roll, I guess. Quilts are not necessarily <laughs> associated with rock and roll. But what I did is it's a story, um, it's a very personal story. I actually uh, made a guitar for my father when he was passing away. I was, it was a hospice environment. I was with him, and it was a very special time with him. And I'm a clinician by trade, and so I have a, an understanding of what's going on and the dynamics of the end-of-life stuff. But what I did is I also, when I grew up, my mom actually taught me how to sew. So I decided to learn how to sew quilts and stuff. Now, I don't quilt all the time, but it was a therapeutic way for me to kind of distance myself from the really difficult situation happening with my father and so I decided just to kind of take my emotions out on this quilt and I started quilting in a very unique way called the crazy quilt style you just kind of helter-skelter kind of quilt with different pieces of fabric you don't care how there's some rock and roll quilting yeah it's really it's very cool and um, it really made me feel wonderful and um, what I did is I included pieces of his clothing in that that would be a memorable moment for me mm-hmm. so when I did play this guitar it would always be him with me cool. um, I know it kind of sounds a little morbid at times but you know what it was very therapeutic for yeah. me and uh, as you know quilts are kind of they wrap around you and they're yeah. historical and they, they stay with you cool. well that quilt became uh, I said why don't I put it on a, tele- a Telecaster body and I went to Warmoth actually and I purchased a bunch of different parts and got myself a nice light uh, guitar body mm-hmm. and a bunch of really cool pickups and a really great flame maple neck and I made it all, all antique and stuff. And uh, I built this guitar myself. And the quilt itself, um, the front and the back of it and the sides, were pieces of my father that were very memorable. Pockets from his woodworking days when he worked woods. That was his hobby. So I had, like, you know, Gorilla Glue stains on it and um, a zipper from his overalls he used to wear. Yeah. And uh, you can go to the site and see the pictures of this thing. Yeah. You really can't explain it over the radio, right. but as you could probably <laughs> well imagine. But, um... It became one of my, it just became this very favorite guitar of mine. And the unique thing about it is when I was finished with the sewing of it, I finally said, you know, Dad, I'm done. And amazingly enough, about three hours later, my dad passed away. So it was really a powerful moment. And uh, this, this guitar is for him, and I'd write songs about it, and I'd actually make this, the first Quiltcaster was born. And um, what I did with the next one is I decided to completely 
distance myself from the emotions of this first one and do something really different. And so that was going to be the beginning of making new other guitars, that every one of them would have a completely different view of the guitar before it. So use different type of materials, different types of ideas. And Coolcaster 2 came about, and what that one, and that's actually on the site, and I mean, you, can, you can read about it, it right. of me building it, and listen to it actually being played, both of them. But uh, this one, what I did is I, I went to Color Lovers, Com, which is a really great site. You can see that on the site as well. If you want to go to my references page, you can go right to Color Lovers. And that is a good site that shows you what's trending as far as the greatest colors for business, or the colors for marketing, or the colors for web designs. Very cool site. And um, I went for one of them, which was called uh, Digital Goldfish, I think. Yeah, it was something like that. Okay. But it had one of my favorite colors in it, which is orange. Right. And I took that, and there's a blue, and there's a couple other colors as well. And I said, hmm, why don't I make this kind of a unique randomized quilt, kind of like a digital camo? Mm. And so I took a die, um, you know, a regular dice, or a die. I don't know whether it's plural or singular. But um, every color, one through six, would have its own color. Mm. And then what I did is I rolled the dice, and whatever color came out is the color I would sew on next. And so... Uh, we ended up sewing. Actually, my mom helped me with that one because she thought this was such a fun thing. Um, and this is kind of fun to include her because now she's, you know, right. she's a widow, and right. so I wanted to make sure she's still part of the family and right. feels uh, some kind of active thing to do. Right. Um, and uh, my family thought this was the coolest thing. You know, my wife thought this was really neat. And mm-hmm. so what we did is we rolled the dice and just created this crazy quilt. Uh, this not crazy quilt, but this very structured, methodical squares, two two by two square base quilt with different colors. And then after that, I figured, why not I just put crystals on it? <laughs> why not? <laughs> why not? You know, it's a glam type thing here. So I decided to glam it up with uh, crystals from Sherry's Crystals. And uh, that took a long time trying to figure out how the style of those crystals are mm. on that guitar. And that guitar is like my, my digital glam rock and roll guitar. Cool. And then the third one will be completely different. And, and uh, cool. I'll, I'll save you that one. You can That's all right. listen to that one later and, on. And uh, where can everybody find this? Uh, you can go to quillcaster.com, and uh, that site has uh, pictures of the actual guitars in the gallery. Uh, it also has a blog about me making Quillcaster 2, which is already done. I'm actually just making the blog, so you can read about it. Quillcaster 3 is under progress right now. I'll be starting that one up soon. I'll probably include more video on that. You'll also see the podcast episodes um, about the interviews I have with the different musicians and their custom guitars. And uh, you will also see uh, some scratch tracks of me just recording some scratch tracks out there of some songs mm-hmm. in hopes of creating kind of a crowdsourcing experiment. Very and, cool. Yeah, and getting other people who want to maybe participate in this experiment as a virtual band. Because uh, I used to be in a band, but now they're all over the, the country. And you know, Exactly. So it's uh, quiltcaster.com. Yes, it is. And uh, yeah. thanks for coming on the show, man. Dave, thanks for having me. Really, It's really great to see you, and it's great to meet you. And uh, it's awesome. I'm really happy to see you. Cool. Me too, man. Yeah, great. Take care. All right, next up, one of the things I'm going to be doing this year is I always talk about get your band out of the basement and keep them out of the asylum. And it is available as an audiobook. So if you like listening to stuff, go out to marketingmusician.com and you can find that there. And uh, I'm going to start giving it away. Give it away now. And uh, it's four CDs of material. It is a long book. So each week on the, uh, each I should say, each episode of the Marketing Musician podcast, we're just going to, just inch away a little bit on it. And uh, so this is the opening. And uh, now this is um, this is back when I produced this uh, audiobook. The podcast was The Musician's Cooler. So you'll hear that 
But uh, here is the opening and a little bit on why I wrote the book, Get Your Band Out of the Basement and Keep Them Out of the Asylum. The Musician's Cooler presents Get Your Band Out of the Basement and Keep Them Out of the Asylum. Written and read by the author, Dave Jackson. Hi, this is Dave Jackson. I just want to thank you for buying Get Your Band Out of the Basement and Keep Them Out of the Asylum. Just a real brief explanation of how the book came about. I had just recorded a CD, and I started networking with some people looking for different places to sell my CD online. As we started swapping stories and ideas and marketing tips, somebody said, Man, Dave, you should start writing this stuff down. Man, Dave, I can't believe you did that. Or, Dave, that's a great idea. When are you going to write a book? So I started writing the book. And over the years, I've added more and more to it to the point where I finally went, You know what? This is a book. And so now, it's an audiobook. I have a couple things I want to point out. Number one, I'm talking into this microphone like you. The person right there listening to this in their car, listening to it on their iPod, however you're listening to this, I'm talking to you like you're just sitting across the table, not like a business person reading the book so that you can fully understand its contents. That's not the way I work. Every piece of my information has always been very conversationally geared and conversationally delivered. If it's not as professional as you'd like, I apologize, but that's just not my style. Second of all, most of the topics and the stories and the examples in this book come from my experience. And my experience has been in bands surrounded by males. So consequently, when I talk about examples and I say, well, tell the dude this, or he said that, or what he can't do, and everything is he and dude and man and men. That's because from my experiences, that's what I've been surrounded with in my bands. It has nothing to do, it has no disrespect for the female species and their talents in the music business. After all, right now, they're topping the charts. So ladies, hats off to you. I just don't have those examples from my chair. As always... If you have any comments about the book or future topics or insights that you would like to share, you can call me toll-free, 888-563-3228. If you're singing the praises of the book, be sure to mention your band's website, and I might put it on the front page of the book's website. Thanks again, and I hope you enjoy the book. So there you have it. That is uh, section one of uh, get your band out of the basement and keep them out of the asylum. You can actually go out to our website, marketingmusician.com. You'll see there's a free ebook. There's actually a section of the book as well as you can actually go out there and uh, you can get it at right now in a PDF format. And if you want the audiobook version, uh, you can do that as well. And if you use the coupon podcast, it'll get you $3 off either the PDF or the audio version if you're interested in that. So I would love to hear from you. My email is dave at marketingmusician.com. You can uh, call in your comments, 888-563-3228. You can click on the voicemail button out there. If, you got a, if you're on an iPad or something with a microphone, you can just uh, click and leave it that way. And, um, or just leave a comment out at our blog, which, of course, 
ismarketingmusician.com, where you can find my book, Get Your Band Out of the Basement and Keep Them Out of the Asylum, as well as the course on building your band's website. So I want to thank you so much for tuning in. Let me remind you that uh, for those who have money, well, there's therapy, and for the rest of us, there is music. Thank you so much for tuning in. We'll see you again real soon with another episode of the Marketing Musician Podcast. Stay cool, everybody. Yeah.